We are looking at a series of lessons on chapters of the Bible, and today our chapter is going to be Ecclesiastes chapter 12. So if you've got your Bible, you may want to open it up. The book of Ecclesiastes is filled with important messages for people who want to serve the Lord. We believe that Ecclesiastes was written by Solomon. The very first verse in the first chapter reads, The words of the teacher, son of David, king in Jerusalem. And from that, many people have concluded that the one who did the writing was Solomon. But there are a lot of great verses in Ecclesiastes apart from chapter 12. Chapter 3, verse 11. God has made everything beautiful in its time. He has planted eternity in the human heart. But even so, people cannot see the whole scope of God's work. Did you ever think about this, that there are people and we find tribes in Africa and places that uh, do not have much contact with uh, civilization, and they all have a feeling about some kind of eternal life. And the reason that they feel that way is that that has been planted in their heart by God. Chapter 4, verse 9. Two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. Ah, it is better to have friends than not have friends. Chapter 5, verse 10. Or chapter uh, 5, verse 10. Those who love money will never have money enough. So if you're trying to accumulate a great fortune, let me tell you, you're never going to have all that you can want. Chapter 5, verse 15. We all come to the end of our lives as naked and empty as the day we were born. We cannot take our riches with us. Sorry, whatever you got, you're going to leave it here. So leave it here and do some good. And chapter 8, verse 8. As no one has the power over the wind to contain it, so no one has the power over the time of their death. There are a lot of great verses in the book of Ecclesiastes, but today I want to give you from my favorite chapter, chapter 12. Now, if you would ask me what is the subject of chapter 12, I'd tell you it is being a geezer. Well, what is a geezer? And are you one? Well, let me give you some definitions. You may be a geezer if you can remember when a babysitter was called a mother. Ah, how about this one? You may be a geezer if you can remember being sent to the principal's office was nothing compared to the fate that awaited a misbelieving student when they got home. Do you remember that? Uh, you may be a geezer. Or you may be a geezer if all the names in your little black book end with MD. I don't know what's in your little book, but it may be there. You know, growing old is not something that's very pleasant. One geezer said this, you know, it's a terrible thing to grow old. My wife has not had a birthday in six years. Uh, you may have a wife like that too. I don't know. Well, if you got your Bible, look with me, if you will, in Hebrew, uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 12, where we're going to be studying today. Chapter 12, verses 1 and 2 begins with these words. Remember your Creator in the days of your youth, before the days of trouble come, and the years approach when you will say, I find no pleasure in them. He said, I want you to be thinking about God when you're young. Don't wait until you get old, but when you are a young man, a young woman, you begin thinking about God. 
The New Living Translation reads this way, Do not let the excitement of youth cause you to forget your Creator. He said, I want you to do this before the days of trouble come. Now the days of trouble were the days of your old age and the day of your death. Before that takes place, you begin remembering God. He said, you will say, I have no more pleasure in them. That is, you've gotten so that you are hurting, you got arthritis, you got difficulty getting around, and you'll be thinking that, you know, life is not too much fun anymore. And then also this, you will remember Him before the light of the sun, moon, and the stars is dim in your eyes. Before you get so that you can't see things and, and do things like you once did, remember your Creator. I'm thinking the story of the uh, two guys who were golfers. And one guy could, boy, he could hit that ball a long way. And lo and behold, his, his partner couldn't do much. And so he'd kind of given up playing. The guy said, you know, he said, I can still hit the ball. But you know, I can't see where that thing goes. And so I'm just going to have to give up golf. And his buddy said, well, listen, I know what you need to do. He said, my brother, he uh, can't hit it anymore, but he's got good eyes and he can see. You could use him and the two of you, you would have a good game together. Guy said, that's great. So they got the two together. The guy could hit, the guy who could see. The guy lined up and he hit that ball straight down the fairway. And he turned to his buddy and he said, did you see where it goes? Yep, I sure did. Well, which way is it? He said, I forgot. Sometimes uh, you run into difficulty as you get older. Okay, if you got your Bible, turn now over to chapter 12, and I'd like to read with you verses 3 through 5. Let me tell you that these verses are kind of like reading in the book of Revelation. I mean, they are not clear as to what they're talking about, but they are symbols of something that hopefully people would be able to understand. And there are 12 things in verses 3 through 5 that the writer says, I want you to know what's going to happen to you, if you get, as you get old. And don't think you can avoid them, because these are the things that are coming. Begin with me, if you will, then. He said, When the keepers of the house tremble, and the strong men stoop, when the grinders cease because they are few, and those looking through the windows grow dim... Well, he begins by saying, I want to tell you, the keepers of the house tremble. Well, what is it that protects you? Well, it is your hands and it is your arms. And you have strong hands, strong arms when you're young. But as you get older, you lose that strength. I wonder if any of you guys had uh, your wife say to me what my wife has said to me on several occasions. Can you open this bottle? I just can't get a hold of it anymore and, and uh, make that thing open. Ah, you see, that's exactly what Solomon is talking about. The keepers of the house, your hands and your arms, don't have the strength that they once did. And you don't have them there to defend yourself as you once did. Then he said, and the strong men stoop. Well, now the strongest part of your body is your legs. And so he said, you know, what happens is that your body gets so that it's become stiff and it's kind of hard to get around and the strong men stoop and they're not able to do what they once were able to do. And then he added this, and the grinders cease 
because they are few. Well, now what are your grinders? Well, your grinders are your teeth. Now, in biblical times, they didn't have dentists like we do. And so it was uh, not an unusual thing for a fellow to lose his teeth. And you know, you and I face that too. We have cavities. We sometimes have to have them pulled. And I want to tell you, when you lose your teeth, it's not easy to eat grape nuts because, I mean, you need something to be able to grind away and chew things up. But he said, that's what's going to happen as you get older. And then he said, those looking through the windows grow dim. And that is your eyes. Now, everything that we've talked about and are going to talk about here that happens to old people does not happen to everybody, especially at the same time. You may remember that passage over in Deuteronomy 34.7 when it says of Moses that he was 120 years old, but his eyes were not dim. Now, that's not the way most of us would be, though. And so I look around and I see people wearing glasses. And I know that some are wearing contacts that are not wearing glasses. And some have to and have been through some kind of eye surgery. And so eyes get dim and you look through the window. He said, it is dim. And then he continues on in verse 4. When the doors to the street are closed and the sound of grinding fades. When people rise up to the sound of birds, but all their songs grow faint. He said, I want to tell you what's going to happen to you. He said, the doors to the street are closed. And that's what he was talking about when he was talking about your ears. That is, you're not able to hear like you once did. And the sounds that you once had so clear and so able to understand so uh, uh, distinctly, he said, no longer are you able to do that. And so we're blessed. And what do people do? Well, they get a hearing aid. And I wonder how many in here are wearing hearing aids today. Because the very thing that he said happens, happens. And that is that our sound does not uh, resonate like it once did. And then he said this, And people rise up to the sound of birds. That is, people are not able to sleep. And the slightest noise wakes them up. And they're not able to have that good sleep like they once did. And then he added this, when people are afraid of heights and of the dangers in the street, when the almond tree blooms and the grasshopper drags itself along and desire no longer is stirred, then people go to their eternal home and mourners go about the streets. He said, I want to tell you what's going to happen here. He said, first of all, people are afraid of heights. You know, if you're not afraid of heights, you get older, you ought to be. The other day, uh, we pulled down the ladder that goes to our attic and was going to put some things up there. And my father-in-law, who lives with us, who is 97, said, Well, I'll go up the ladder and do that. I said, No, you're not. You're not going to climb up that ladder. Uh, a 97-year-old man didn't need to be climbing up a ladder. And he said, Also, there are dangers in the streets. That is... People get scared at dark. I don't know how many times I hear somebody tell me, you know, I want to be home before dark. I don't want to be out there in the street. There's no telling what might be out there. And so they make their way home because they do not want to be out after dark. 
And then this was kind of an interesting thing. He said, and the almond tree blossoms. Now the almond tree, when you first saw it, it would put on a pink flower that was just beautiful. But then that pink would fade, and lo and behold, the almond tree would be snowy white. And you know what that was like? That was like people's hair, because what happens is they get older. They get white or they get gray. And I want to just tell you, that was the hardest thing for me when my hair turned gray, because, you know, I didn't like it that way. But he says, that's exactly what's going to happen. People's hair are going to turn gray or turn white or turn loose, whatever it is. But uh, that will happen because of what God said would take place. And then he had this kind of strange statement. He said, and the grasshopper drags himself along. Now, I've not seen too many grasshoppers dragging themselves along, but evidently they do. And what he was talking about was that you get stiff. And as you get stiff, it is difficult for you to move around and do what you once did. And so what do you see people do? Well, they get a cane or they get a walker. And then they're able to move along, maybe not as fast as they once did, but they're able to move along. And even as the grasshopper drags himself along, people are not able to move along as you get older as they once did. And then he said this, Desire is no longer stirred. Now, there are two things that people have thought that may have meant. Number one, some have thought it may apply to food. The guy said, you know, Things just don't taste good like they used to. And you know, I just don't have an appetite like I once had. And that may be what he was talking about. But most people believe what he was talking about was sex. And that is that as you get older, the desire that once was a flaming fire while you were young, it kind of fades out and it's not strong like it once was. And then he said, and people go to their eternal home. That is, rest, realize this, and that is that death is not the end. And there is going to be life after death because of what God has done. And then he ended with this. He said, and mourners go about the street. Now that's kind of strange, but you think about somebody who has died and what happens. People are in mourning and they cry. The Jews had an unusual habit and uh, something they practiced regularly. And I understand even so today and where there are large Jewish areas is practiced. And that is they hire people to be professional mourners. And uh, if you've had a loved one die, then you would hire several mourners to come and they would wail and they would cry over the uh, grave of your loved one. And here he says that's exactly what happened. There were people who would be crying because of the loss of one who was old. Well, you know, Solomon had a lot of wisdom. He uh, not only had wisdom, but he also had knowledge. Over in the book of 1 Kings chapter 4, verse 32 through 34, reads this way. He composed some 3,000 proverbs, and kind of remember that, if you will, and wrote a thousand and five songs. He could speak with authority about all kinds of plants and about animals, birds, small creatures, and fish. And kings from every nation sent their ambassadors to listen to the wisdom of Solomon. 
People wanted to know and they wanted to hear what Solomon had to say. And one of the things that he had to say was that uh, people are going to age and these are the things that are going to happen to you. Well, beginning then in verse 6 of chapter 12, he's down through verse 8, he adds some more things that I want us to note. Remember him. I want you to not forget, but remember him before the silver cord is severed and the golden bowl is broken. Before the pitcher is shattered at the spring and the wheel broken at the well. And the dust returns to the ground it came from. And the Spirit returns to God who gave it. Meaningless, meaningless, says the teacher. Everything is meaningless. Well, now, there have been different ideas about what he was talking about here, but let me give you my understanding. First of all, he says, the silver cord is severed and the golden bowl is broken. You know, in Jewish homes, they did not have electricity like we do. And so they, in turn, had to depend upon lights like we know of, when a person would take a cord and hang it down, and then from the cord there would be attached a lamp or a bowl of oil. And that would be the way they would light and have light within their little houses. But there would be a come a time when that silver cord would just wear out and break and fall, and the bowl or the lamp would be destroyed. And he said, I want to tell you something, that's the way life is. It's not going to last forever. And things wear out, even as did the cord. And then he said this, And before the pitcher is shattered at the spring, and the wheel broken at the well. Now, he says a pitcher is not going to last forever. And they realized that these pitchers were ones that were not going to be around forever. And so they had to be very gentle in taking care of those pitchers. And he said, that's the way it is life. And he said the wheel is broken. The wheel was the pulley that they used on a rope to let a uh, pitcher or a bucket down and then fill it with water and pull it up. He said that is broken. And when it's broken, you are in trouble. You remember when Jesus went to the uh, woman at the well in John 4? And he said he was going to give her living water. And she said, how are you going to get any water? You don't have a rope or a bucket. But these even things don't wear out. I mean, things wear out and they don't last. And even so, your life is that way. It's not going to last. And then he added this. And the dust returns to the ground it came from. Did you realize that uh, earlier in the uh, book, chapter 3, verse 20, he had said that's what's going to happen to us. And that is our bodies are going to go back to the ground, the dust, and then our spirit goes back to God where it will be judged. And then he had this. He said, meaningless, meaningless. Everything is meaningless, says the teacher. Now, there are one or two things I think he could have meant by that. Number one, he could have said, if you think that you're going to go through your life and not experience these things that happen in old age, he said, you are fooling yourself because that's the way life is. This body is not going to last forever. Or he could have been saying, I want you to know that it is difficult to serve, to not serve God and think you're going to be all right. Because you are one day going to have to answer to our God. Solomon was a man who understood this and realized what was going on in life. And so his charge was, I want you to live your life 
with God. Don't ever forget Him. Keep Him priority in your life and serve and love Him. And then he's going to conclude here with verses 9 through 14. And if you want to follow with me here in the reading, it goes as follows. Not only was the teacher wise, but he also imparted knowledge to the people. He pondered and searched out and set in order many proverbs. Ah, remember what it said about Solomon that he wrote 3,000 proverbs. And so another indication that this was written by Solomon. The teacher searched to find just the right words, and when he wrote was, uh, what he wrote was upright and true. The words of the wise are like goads. They collected sayings like firmly embedded nails given by one shepherd. Be warned, my son, of anything in addition to them. Of the making of books there is no end, and much study wearies the body. He said, I want to tell you something here. What the teacher wants to do is, he wants to write things in a clear way so that you can understand them. He said, and they're going to be like a goad, which a uh, rancher used when he wanted a, a cow or a pig or a sheep to move a certain direction. He would poke him with the goad. And he said, even so, God has given the goads to you so that they will direct you in the right way, the way God wants you to do. And he said, they're given by one shepherd. That is, these are the things that come from one source, and that one source is God. And then he said, there are many books that are made, but the end of this statement, and much study wearies the body. Now, I learned that verse when I was in college. And the fellow who was my roommate had that verse put up on the wall. Much study wearies the body. So we would know that uh, if... Uh, you got weary studying that you were doing something God said that you were going to do. And then he concludes in verses 13 and 14. Now all has been heard, and here is a conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep His commandments, for this is the duty of all mankind. He said, I want to tell you what, what your duty is, and what God wants you to do, and that is... He wants you to fear Him, respect Him, and obey His commands. And if you do that, you'll not have to worry about what's going to take place or what's coming. Because God will take care of you because you are His child. And then he says, you know, it's something like a shepherd taking care of the sheep as God tries to direct us in the way He wants us to go. And then the conclusion of the whole matter is found in verses 13 and 14. And that is, fear God and keep His commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. You want to wrap up everything God wants you to do. That's it. To fear Him, respect Him, and to keep His commandments. And so, that's the way He wants us to live His life, to live our lives. And I want to tell you how I want to live mine. I want to go down serving and singing and loving and laughing and having a good time living my life until the day comes when they finally lower me in the ground. I don't want to die until I'm dead. I want to enjoy the life God has given me and live every day to the max. And this is my final charge. Have a blast while you last. And do those things that God wants you to do. And you're going to find that life is what God wanted it to be as you fear Him and obey His commandments. Have a blast till you last. Let's pray.
Thank you, dear Lord, for blessing us so richly. And dear God, we know what's ahead. And as we have experienced, dear God, little by little, the things that you have said were going to happen, we know that these bodies are not going to last forever. But the body, Lord, we're going to get when we are with you will be one like the body of Jesus, and it will last forever and ever. And Lord, we look forward to that day. I pray you'll bless us, dear Father, as a church, and bless us as people who want to serve you. And for this is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to sing a song of invitation. Maybe there's a way we could be of encouragement to you. Maybe you'd want to come. You know, I'd like to be a part of this family. If that's your desire, we would just welcome you. Maybe you'd like to come and confess your faith and be baptized. Everything's in readiness today. Maybe you'd like to have one of our elders pray with you. I'll be at the front and they'll be at the back. And if we can serve you in any way today, why don't you respond in any way you need to as we stand and sing our song together. When we walk with the Lord in the light of His Word, what a glory He sheds on our way. While we do His good will, He abides with us still. And with all who will trust and obey, trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus, but to trust and obey. 